Hi, everyone. Good, good evening, good night, good morning, wherever you are in the world. We're coming to you live, and I have Kristen Foxwell with me. Kristen is a brilliant. We've met and we had such a lovely conversation. Kristen is the author of Glass Angel, a guide to freedom, peace, transformation, and growth, and unlocking your potential. So for anyone who don't know me, because I know this is probably going to be going live in Australia and other places. For anyone who don't know me, my name is Verna Hayward. I am the host of the Unstoppable live podcast but also i am a coach i am a believer i just love helping people and enjoying life at the same time so unstoppable is who i am it doesn't matter what life shows at me i am unstoppable so i'm just going to give you a little bit more history about christine christine foxer devotes her life to helping others and find and follow their passion transform their lives and grew into people they were always meant to be. Her life journey began in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, and ultimately landed her in Sydney, Australia. Her road to where she is now was paved with hardships and turmoil. She experienced domestic violence, PTSD, and divorce before she found a path to healing and building a life of gratitude, forgiveness, and love. Currently, she runs a practice called Ignite Purpose, where she has the privilege of guiding others on their life-changing journeys. In addition to her work, she also has many other passions. They include painting, writing, teaching, coaching, and spending time with her family. Her most important role was a wife, mother, daughter, and grandmother. Wow, I love how you put that, Christine. That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing to see and to know what your passion is. And I guess as well, your life is unstoppable. There is nothing to stop you from achieving or moving on, you know, from, from whatever it is has happened. Because we know we, we serve a greater power and there is a a higher power that is within us and it's going to keep us. So without further ado, I'm just going to allow you, uh, just want to invite you to speak to the audience and just uh, and let them know. I know I've said a lot full about you, yeah. but today we are talking about stepping into purpose through healing because that's where you find yourself. You want to go ahead? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bernard. And a early good morning to everybody from Sydney, Australia. It's so wonderful to be here with you. And Verna, you and I had the most beautiful conversation last week. I think tears, heart, joy, compassion, love, those were all the things I felt so deeply. And I'm sure that you did as well, you know. And I think, you know, the, the purpose that we find allows us to find our healing. And I think, I, I don't think we actually recognize how it comes to be. Mm-hmm. I think somebody asked me, so did, could you visualize your life the way it is right now? No, I think I've visualized something quite different uh, initially. Uh, yet as I started doing my work, I was called to heal. 
so that I could be with others as they transform their lives. See, yeah. we cannot give others what we do not have ourselves. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's not what we know. If it, like, you know, I can go and study a doctorate in mm-hmm. leadership. Does that make me a good leader? Not necessarily. <laughs> I know. Because it's not what I know, it's who I am. Yes. See, and, and that is that is so powerful because if I am not sure who I am, I've yet to burst my purpose, my calling. And in order to do that, I will have to heal and transform. <laughs> and I think often people think healing is an instant thing. No, it's not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, you know, growing up in the church and having a dad who was a pastor and, you know, really loving the Lord, and I really do still love the Lord, like it's not changed for me. I think what's changed for me is shifting away from people's judgment and being able to stand wholly in deep love, which is what God is all about anyway. It is, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's love that to give to the cross. Totally. It's because of his love for us. <laughs> it's because of his love for us, right? And his embodiment of love. Yeah. I often think that we forget about that and we, we pick up all the other little elements of righteousness and right and wrong. And, and then we, we become the judge and executioner for others based on our fear. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong to this. I've got to leave people for their journey because that is their journey to explore, right? All I know is that healing for me came with deep acceptance. You know, there's that chorus, I'd all chorus, I surrender all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, think that. And actually, at his funeral two and a half years ago, I was in Australia. I couldn't be there. I recorded it because I sing and they played it for him. And before that, as I started my journeys from PTSD, I didn't know I had PTSD, Verna. I don't think people do. They learn how to just cope with their life story. And I sat in the counseling and said, what do you think? I mean, have you seen that? People just learn how to cope. <laughs> you know, I had to learn how to cope. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, when everything had happened to me, when I spoke about it, it was in a box. It was shut up. You don't want to hear about that. As a matter of fact, you were told you were not speaking the truth as a child. You know what I mean? So you learn from a very young age to who can you trust? The people you're supposed to trust are not there for you. They want everything to go under the carpet. So there is no one to to turn to. So what what I did was turn to the Lord. The first thing, you know, Sunday school was, Jesus loved me, this I know. So we back to that love. Is that love that I know? That Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. It wasn't about what somebody else told me because nobody was saying, the word, I love you. So I got it from the word. And, and that's, what, that's what channeled me to. That's why I channeled my energy. I, I wouldn't say that I was steadfast in it. I wasn't steadfast, but it was there. Constantly, constantly, it was there. Well, I do believe that if we have a big story, we were called to do things that were not easy. Like, like you're doing this podcast, 
unstoppable life, right? You're called to stand there and to inspire people that they can be more than what they ever imagined possible for themselves. And you're doing that because you've had a journey. And you know, and this is the key thing, I, I want to go back to what you just said about your voice being taken away. Okay. So, yeah. and I think this is really important. We've got to start there. When I did my healing work, I recognized that I needed to find my shame root, as I call it. So I wanted to find shame because it's important. Shame is that feeling that there is something about me that is not worthy of love and belonging. So shame becomes this hole in my love tank. <laughs> I call it a love tank. You know, we've got this love that we should have inside, but shame just eats a hole in the bottom and it all drips out, right? Mm -hmm. And then I try and fill it with other things because I so desperately need to feel full and whole. But that shame, I need to go and find it, right? And as I did my healing work, and I did it with a good coach, and I did it because I needed to understand it, so I created definition for myself. And I realized when I was a little girl of five, I was molested by a family member. But I was in a pastor's home. That, that is really, really, really hard. And so I want to look at this from different angles because I want to shower love and forgiveness here. Yeah. It's and important. I, it's important, right? I, I told my parents straight away because they always loved me. I had a home filled with love from my parents. But in that moment, I was hushed and I was put back to bed. My voice, shame, landed in my heart. And I want to just reflect on everyone's doing the best they can with what they have. My daddy didn't know what to do. You know, if something like this came out in your ministry, instead of people being able to support you, people will turn on you. So that's what it puts you out in the church as well. <laughs> Thank you, Vernon. Yeah. So guess what happened to my voice? <sighs> Taken away. Non-intentionally, though. My mommy, years later, as I was going through my healing journey, she said to me, did it ever happen again? And I said, no. She said, that's because your dad addressed it. And I went, thank you, mommy. I know you guys love me. But what it taught me was that my voice can't be used. My truth can't be spoken. And then what happens is we develop other behaviors like trying to please people, trying to get people to accept us so that our voice will be heard. Do you hear how the cycle creates a cycle? Yeah. And you know, my, in the presence of God, I always felt such love. I was my dad's worship leader eventually in his church, right? Those moments of absolute spirit-filled love was beautiful. And then as I walked away from those moments, the leaky hole in my love tank was still there. See, you know what God gives us, Verna? He gives us understanding and he gives us choice and he gives us healing. Of course he does, but it's a journey and it's a journey based on understanding and forgiving. Yeah. Deep love. I can see there's a question floating around in your mind, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I mean, I'm just enjoying what you say because it's wanting to fill that love tank, as you say. I like how you, you say it, a love tank. 
because that you haven't received when you haven't you received that you, you want to fill that up and even though we are in in the body of Christ the church as we call it you know there's still so much happening but we will get onto that you know further on but I just love how you you, you say that so I just wanted to to acknowledge that that you go out looking for them especially when you when you go through the stuff that you and I have gone through, and what I find is a similarity, is that at five years old, you were molested. At five years old, I was molested. <laughs> is that similarity? And it's happening to so many young women or little girls in the world over. So it's something that needs addressing, but, you know, just carry on. So I'm going to just stop there. It does need addressing. And us as parents, do you know what happens when somebody, when you realize this is happening to your child, you experience shame. Yeah. I've got this feeling as I'm speaking to you that it, you know, shame and fear are intertwined, right? And if I think about evil in this world, it comes from fear. (laughs) But now we're engaging as parents, this is happening to our child. Do you know what we're called to do? Love them. Hold them. Hear them. And then parents, you go off to the river, cry your eyes out, forgive, release, and come back and hold them again. That's what you're called to do. Give them their voice back so that they always know they can call out what they need in their life. Because here's what happens when you have no voice, you don't have boundaries. You cannot say, this is not okay for me. Because you've been told, <laughs> in a, sorry to eject, you, I mean, you talk about the boundaries. No, you can't talk about that because, as you said, fear. You become so fearful that if you say no, you know, you I remember that if I, yeah, but not only like love that anymore, I remember being trapped in If you say anything, I'll kill yes. you, you know. And there was something that they, they said, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I will drink the milk. I, I'm not minding any cow for somebody else to drink the milk. And I couldn't understand that. I, I, when I grew up, I understood what that meant. Yes. But is that fear, that fear that if I speak again, if I say something, and then I'm right fact, nobody believed anyway, so why say anything anyway? Just, just can't be like lie. And Fernanda, that's exactly what happened when I went, when I start when I got married in my first my first marriage. It's terrible, everyone. So you're not allowed to judgment because judgment only belongs to God, right? But I've had four husbands, and my first husband I married 21 out of our church community, and that inability for me to use my voice was superseded because of domestic violence and mental abuse. The challenge was I had developed codependency behaviors before I got into the relationship with him. So I gave him all of my power. I allowed him to take the parts of me that were never exchangeable. And ladies, if anyone's listening out there, you know what I mean. You'll do anything to keep the peace, to make him happy, to make sure there isn't discomfort, to not be ignored for two weeks, to uh, not be berated. You'll do anything. No boundaries. No voice, no courage, 
And if I give parts of me away that were never, ever supposed to be exchanged in the first place, my love tank starts falling apart, Verna. It's cracking. It's dry. Uh Because all the acceptance of not doing the wrong thing doesn't make me loved. And you know what happens? I forget to love me. When there is no, you don't see that you're worthy of it anyway. So in that instance, uh, all you're thinking about is uh, you're creating more hurt and pain for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to come back to healing. I didn't know I needed to heal. I decided to toughen up Verna because I didn't know how to step into a space where I could heal. So the cycles just kept getting bigger and I just kept needing to step into that space where I was trying to compensate and, and, and I had this little girl and I, I, I wanted to show her how much I loved her, Verna, but I was struggling to be loved. It's, it's so hard. I look back and she's with me now. She works with me. I'm so grateful. I'm the most blessed mother in the world. I get a kiss from my daughter every day when I walk into the office, we're together. But as a little girl, I only gave her what I had. And that was some of what I call my brokenness. But I also want to share this with you. It's not broken. We're just in this process of beautiful transformation so that God can use what we have in the most beautiful way when it's showered with love and forgiveness and acceptance. You know, as you say about I think the most important thing in order for the transformation to start, I know for me as well, is uh, I didn't think about forgiveness. I didn't think about any of those things. All I knew is that these people are hurting me. And you find ways of thinking, how can you hurt them back? But in the process, you're actually hurting yourself even further. You're not even thinking about how to love yourself because you don't know how to do that anyway. Because you have nothing inside, you know? No, no, there isn't anything there. So all you're doing is just allowing others to just take everything from you, empty you out. But I think the saddest thing is, is that even when I got married, you know, (laughs) and you think that this person loves you, but you could see the signs as well. But because you want to be loved, that longing, you don't. You forsake all of that. You just step into it. And I suppose our mission is, is to get women and men to open their eyes and see absolutely men do get abused as well. Women abuse men just have to be sexual. So we can, yes, women get, um, it's a higher percentage than the male, but it happens to both sexes. But not only that, I'm not going to take away from what you're saying because I want you to touch on those things. I had a conversation, I had to speak yesterday to a group and it was on domestic violence. But we have to go back. It's not just the male and the female, the husband and the wives. We have to go back to the young people because it starts somewhere, something they have seen in their in their home. So you have the young men abusing the young girls. Young girls are using the young men. So we have the church need to start talking about these things. But it's happening right there. We can't talk about the world when we ourselves haven't yet dealt with it. 
So I'm just going to let you carry on. He's often down on the head, Brian's. There's intergenerational trauma. Yeah. That shadows our ability to love deeply because there's this trauma thing happening. Right? It's like a separation of self. And you're 100% right, we've got to call it out. And we've got to change. I mean, I love in the world this movement of kindness. I get to teach corporates about love, Verna. Maybe we can teach people how to change the story in their families, how to love each other deeply so that when their children connect with other children, they learn how to love deeply, how to set boundaries, how to know that they're worthy of love and belonging. So we have to be the circuit breaker, right? We need to do it. Yeah. We need to, we need to, but it's also understanding what love is. Well, they need to know what love is because the word is, we use the word love. I love you. And that's, there is no, no substance. And there is a substance to love. So they need to understand what that love is. How does love make you feel? What is the true essence of the word love? So. This might be so weird, but when I got married, um, I had that scripture at my wedding about what love is. Patient, kind. It was actually on my little, you know, the sheets you get when you get married. That's a hint. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I want to go back to where I'm at. So I want to share this with everybody. That love is a root emotion. And it is one based on peacefulness and presence. It is one based on being so peaceful in this moment. We worry about yesterday. We worry about tomorrow. We worry about this next moment. But we forget about being here and being in this moment, deeply accepting, peaceful, generous, kind. But do you know those things start with me? Love is an internal uh, activation process. How's that for a nice word? It has to be activated. Your love tank needs to go through alchemy, darling. Okay. And the only way to do that is to look inside. And when you look inside, not look at your life as the horror story, but start changing the story that you see. You know, when I sat with my therapist before, I, I understood love, but I didn't have love. And this was after my, the family psychologist, because my son was struggling with mental health issues, told us that I had PTSD until I healed, he wouldn't heal. First I had shame. And then I was like, okay, no, I can't do that. And now I've got to go and find help because I want my son to be healthy. And I sat with this therapist, coach. And he said, what do you want? I said, I want peace. And then I said to him, I surrender. And he had a heart attack. So I'm going to come back to that song, I surrender. Right. <laughs> he said, no, please don't surrender. I said, no, no, I'm not going to do anything to myself. I, I need you to understand when I use the word surrender, I'm no longer going to fight my story. I need to walk into it and I need to love me. I need to love that five-year-old little girl in my story that lay in that bed and was so confused. I need to love her and tell her that your voice matters. I love you, Tina. I need to love the little girl who was so confused in an apartheid South Africa 
because she had dark skin and dark curly hair and didn't understand where she fit in this world, I need to tell her that she always was meant to be just who she is. That is okay. I need to love that young 21-year-old woman who walked into that marriage and gave away all the best parts of her, thinking that in that negotiation she could fill her love tank. I need to forgive her and tell her that she was always worthy of love. And then I need to forgive. Because you see, self-love and loving myself first is not a vain thing. I was taught it was vain because I thought, you know, in the church, I have to use this as an example. We grow up and we are trying not to be vain. We're trying to be humble. But we need to love ourselves. How can we be humble if we don't know that that's where it starts? You know, ego is fear. And ego is probably the vanity piece that we're talking about. But what we really need to do is to care for ourselves. And somebody said to me, Vanna, you'll laugh, but they said, I go on motorbike rides. I go into my hut and build starfits and red. And he's beautiful. I coach men and women. He goes, and so what you're telling me, that's not self-love. I said to him, well, that could be taking, doing all the stuff. He goes, because that's what people tell me I need to do. But still my tank is it's just not the activities we're getting involved with, Mona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're sitting with yourself peacefully yeah. and going and saying, how do I love me? How do I take a look at my life? And instead of running away from my story, how do I walk into it and, and just go in with acceptance? So that's the surrender word. Mm-hmm. Surrender for me is deep acceptance, Verna. It's about embracing. <laughs> you have to embrace them. Because if you don't embrace it, God, you don't embrace it. Because that's that's part of you. Absolutely, that's part of you. And you have to, as you said, you have to love you. You have to love you from the inside out. You can't love yourself from the outside in. Thank you. You have to love yourself from the inside out. Because you said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks it. Yes, it's with the heart you believe. So you have to go in, as you said, you have to sit with yourself and you have to listen and not just listen with these two ends. You're listening with your heart. You're listening to your, in that deep subconscious because that's where the soul, the spirit lives on the inside. And that's where all the answers are. So you, you have to. You have to step in. You have to step in and you have to go deeper. And then I want to encourage this. As you step in, you step in with a few thoughts. Number one, I am always worthy of love. I always have been. It was never lost to me. It was just shaded by fear and shame. We can rewrite our stories, Verna. Mm -hmm. We have to. Because only when we do that with love can we start loving our world differently. I wrote an article yesterday for my business on compassion because that word just kept falling into my spirit. Compassion, compassion, compassion. Vanna, when you and I shared last week, we sat in deep compassion with each other. Yeah. And do you know that compassion is that essence of love because compassion is my ability to sit with you 
to see you, to care for you, so that you do that with me. And then as we do that, we can take positive action in our life. That's compassion. Yeah. Compassion's not born without love. But in that same process, what you found, what I found, was a healing. <laughs> yes. There was a healing. Uh, so it's, it's constant. It's not, it's not something that you heal now and you don't heal. It's a constant thing because you keep transforming. It's like a, a caterpillar. It turns into a butterfly, but before it goes through the process of becoming a butterfly, it goes through to several different changes. And that's what it is, you know, it changes. And it, with every change, brings something that helps you to be more resilient. Oh, I like that word. I like that word, resilient. Can I add a lens for you on resilience? Sure. <laughs> I used to think resilience was how much I could bear, how strong I could be. Now that I'm healing and transforming, resilience is how agile I can be, how I can flow through and around and over things. And I do that because I'm peaceful. I do that because I'm filled with love. See, love allows us to flow toward our purpose. Yeah. Fear makes us push really hard. I come from Africa, so I like talking about a dung beetle. What does a dung beetle do every day? I know, Verna. It pushes poop uphill, okay? How many of us feel that in our lives, every day we're just pushing poop uphill? We don't have to live that way. We can... Change the way we live our life. We can change our destiny's trajectory. You know, I was listening to Reverend T.D. Jakes a while back, and he was saying, we've got to chase down our destiny with skates of love on our feet. I'm adding that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to... I want to be supercharged and powered toward living my purpose and my destiny. And I'll tell you this. It's not about um, people seeing me. It's about people's lives changing. I think that's the whole purpose. The whole purpose of it is not about, even with the unstoppable life, it's about changing lives. It's about seeing people come in to step into their greatness. Hold on to their power. Take their power back. Stand in their power. And not be fearful. You know, it's like they say, oh, don't talk about these things because it's taboo. Excuse me. It's it's just time to shatter that glass and talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it, we will never break the cycle. We will never become whole, that wholeness that God intended for us to be, for families to be, that wholeness, that oneness. It will never happen. What? hundred percent. And I'm going to give everyone a gift out there. See, my life was on the spiral of rinse and repeat. So I married my first husband. When he abused me so terribly, I walked out. 
but because I didn't know how to make decisions for myself, I couldn't even sit in a restaurant and order a food for myself because I didn't know what I liked because I was always being told what I could and what I needed to do. And, and it's terrible. It feels like you are brainwashed and then you need control. So a year later, I marry him again, Verna, okay, because he provides that safety of control. And that doesn't last because the abuse goes through the roof. I walk out of that relationship straight into another relationship. And I stay with this person for two years, Verna. And they're hard on my child. And they're hard on me in different ways. Once again, I'm controlled. See, do you hear how I gave my power away? Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Please love me. Please love me. I know I want, I want to be good enough, but I can only be good enough if you love me. See, those are lies. I walk out of that relationship totally broken, no place to live, can't even afford an apartment. I'm 1,200 kilometers away from my family, nowhere to go. And I have a beautiful gay friend. And he said to me, I don't have much, but I've got a room for you. And I said, thank you. And I stayed there for a short while so that I could get her money to get an apartment. <laughs> got an apartment, rented out a one bedroom in the apartment and Carolee stayed with me so that I could feed her. And then I decided that I was going to prove to this world how tough I could be. And I became super tough. I, I excelled in business. <laughs> But I numbed everything, and I met my now husband in Canada. And when I met him, he showed me kindness. And my coping behavior was starting to kick in again. Oh, kindness. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm crying as I'm sharing the story. But I married him, and he's British. He's younger than me. He's so beautiful. Really? He's my Mr. Darcy. <laughs> And he calls me Bridget Jones. <laughs> so between the two of us. That's lovely. He's <laughs> so beautiful. But I started doing the same cycle with him. And I love him. And I love this beautiful life God has given us here in Australia. And the change had to start in me, Verna. He left early this morning. So if anyone heard the front door go, that's him. He's on his way to the city to go and do his work. We fall asleep holding hands at night. There's nothing better. He doesn't have to complete me. I complete me. We're placed together to make a difference for our family and the lives we have. I'm whole and because of my healing and my continued healing, it makes our relationship better. Better than it has ever been. And I break those cycles that keep trying to come up for me through fear with love. And I recognize him for what he is, not what he isn't. And I'm grateful for what he is and for who he will be with me in our future. But I don't look at the things that I could have judged as I need more of that. And that's, that's no longer it. I accept things for what they are so that I can shower them with love and seed them with goodness so that they can fulfill their destiny. I mean, this is really powerful. I think it's so important. It's so important to understand that nobody can 
can make you. You have got to make yourself. Nobody can heal you. You have got to heal yourself. But you do need someone there to walk with you. You do need that. You do need someone there to walk with you. You do, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a good friend. And it's understanding the circle of friends. The circle, you have to be in that circle of friendship that the people that you're around can be that support for you. Absolutely. I think you has just absolutely called out what is a catalyst for healing. Firstly, we've got to share our stories in a space where we are loved and accepted and not shamed and judged. And if we don't share our stories, shame grows in secrecy, silence and judgment. That leaky hole in the bottom of my love tank, the only way it heals is to bring it to light. So a coach is critically important. Please get a coach. Please get somebody who hears you, who shows you generosity and compassion. Get somebody who will give you perspective but allow you the choice because that's a coach, that's a supporter. They're not trying to fix you. They allow you to evolve in your healing as your choice because that's the only powerful way to keep it going. Your circle of friends, make sure that you're really clear on what's okay and what's not okay for you and communicate that with them and allow them to love you. Because if you've gone through pain, you will always have this barrier where you hold people just so. Did you have that when you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't. There was a, a put. It's, the, it's like there was a glass thing. Not a glass ceiling, but it was a glass. You can't come beyond that. You bunk off, really. But, and I smile. Hi. But you're not coming any closer. Yeah. Uh, Verna, as I went through my healing, I picked up a book from uh, Vivek Murthy. He was the general surgeon in America when Obama was in power. Yeah. Okay. Obama is. Have you heard it? Yeah. It's written yeah. all together, right? And you know what I realized? I was suffering from acute loneliness because of my shame. It was so lonely that in a room full of people, I felt alone. I needed to break that. See, community allows us to heal. Choose your community well. Choose your community wisely. Choose them wisely. And then maybe also just recognize this, and this is going to be hard, right? But I've got to call it out. People do the best they can with what they have. Don't expect people to walk around like angels. Like, really? Really? If you look in your story, can you imagine we've all got one? Let's be real. Yeah. Can we Everybody really? Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. You know, Vernon, my son, when we came to Australia, I arrived with pink suitcases, a three-year-old and a 10-year-old. She was 11, actually, and I was determined to recreate my life here. Independently, even though my now husband was living here, I didn't want him to feel that I've moved so that he needs to take care of me. I wanted to take care of me and my children. And my little boy was raised by my parents in Africa. They lived with us, as any good African family does. But I had to leave them behind to come here. 
And so he slept with their picture in his pajama top at night. And he kept asking them to please get in the container and come to Australia. Mm-hmm. Very heartbreaking. Right. He suffered PTSD trauma. Yeah. I can't change that, Werner. So he's, he's got, um, he sleeps with a towel that's got Winnie the Pooh on. He's 18. It's still in his bed, Werner. Okay. He said to me, Mom, let me just tell you something in his deep baritone voice now. We've all got issues. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> without an issue, you know. Um, and he's right. We all have a story. We're called to heal from that story. Yeah. We're called to alchemy. I have this term that I use in my book, The Glass Angel. It's a story about how we glass angels and we break and we carry our brokenness tied to our bodies. So we keep hurting and we keep hurting. And then it shares with you how this angel finds healing through grace and love Mm. and how she was never broken. She was meant to go on this alchemy journey and her wings are now fluid and agile. And she now has the ability to walk the, the earth and teach other broken angels they were never broken. They're just on a journey of transformation. And that's, that's it. Depends when you attend the babe, you know, some of us have got to go through those journeys. We have to have those experiences so that uh, we can help others, uh, you know, to... Uh, uh, still today, uh, today I, I, I had this person in mind, um, uh, again, you know, she, <laughs> she was put out of the church because of, um, a relationship and instead of then taking her in and holding her and speaking to her, they made herself unloved, uncared for, um, and that what could enough. Jesus didn't love her anymore. So I, I said, I said. When everybody came to Jesus and said, oh, this woman has committed adultery and they were willing to stone her and he just put his head down and wrote in the sand, you without sin, plus the first stone. Exactly. You who is without sin. What did they all do? They dropped the stones and they left because none of them could have said they without sin. None of them could have said that they did not do something in their lives that they were not ashamed of. Nobody knew, but they just could not do it because their conscience would not allow them to. Yes. When Jesus took her in, he said, you know what? Go and send them all. He didn't say I didn't love you. He didn't say I didn't care about you. He gave her a gift. And today, you know, I, I went to sing her because she was in her heart and I went to sing her and we, we spent time praying. And the funny thing is when we were praying, I just, I heard in my spirit, get online and pray. And I thought, uh-uh, no way that is happening. <laughs> for whatever reason, for whatever, for whatever reason. So I shared it with someone and he said, when you are taught to please just breathe, you know, but you go through that for a reason and a purpose. And that purpose is to bring healing to someone else. Because that person is going through that, which may be similar, although 
we we have some similarities in what in our experiences, um, but then there are other parts of you which I did not experience. You know, I walked away from. I had different experiences, but when I got married, I decided that yes, I I, I thought of going back, but I thought if I go back, I die. <laughs> so no way am I going back there. <laughs> you know, um, when you know the nature of the person, you saw. The physique, I saw his physique change and I thought, oh my God, this is what I saw. It wasn't pleasant. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to do this. And, but this is such a, a, a big topic. And it's one that is, is talking about law. I know we've been going for nearly uh, an hour, 15 minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think. You know, it's something I think we need to carry on with because I think it's something that people to get and it's how we can carry on healing in our process, but in so doing, how we can help others with their transformation. And as you said, you know, we do need a coach. So if you need a coach, uh, you know, Christine is there. We both are coaches. We both do things at different ways because we both have different experiences. But before we end, I'd like you to say, you know, what else uh, would you like to to share that we can end with um, that will keep someone who is looking for that assistance to finding their purpose, understanding what their purpose is and how they can heal. They would have got a lot of nuggets from what we said, but maybe there is just one thing that somebody needs to hear as you have not said. Oh, that's so big. I knew my life was destined for more than what I was experiencing. So I want to, I want to, I want to speak this out into the world. Your life is destined today. Today is a calling moment for you. Your life is destined for more than you might be experiencing in this moment. This moment is only a chapter in your life. It won't define you. It'll just form part of your alchemy and your healing. Look up. Look up and know that you are worth everything. I used that years ago when I was just at my end, burner. and it was a call to purpose. I am worth more than I'm experiencing in this moment. I've always been, this moment is just a time in my life. It's not going to define me. It's not the only moment I'm going to have. I was destined for more. I'm looking up and I'm going, I want to walk into wherever I'm destined to be. I just felt in my heart, I've got to do that call out. So if there's anyone listening to this guy, my life's a real shitty place right now. Sorry for the word, but maybe that's just what it looks like. <laughs> Accept it for what it is. <laughs> Look at it. And then know that this isn't the only moment you're going to have in a call for more. If your story is hard, be grateful and joyful because you've been called for something so big and choose you. Always choose you. God wants you to choose you. Choose you. 
write yourself a love letter. Fall in love with you, the you inside that's behind all the fear stories, the one that needs to be reminded that you are perfectly formed. Who you are is perfect. It's always been perfect. Your imperfection makes you beautiful, not ugly. Your story, if others don't love it, that's okay. If they recoil from your story, that belongs to them. Maybe you can look at your story with love so that you don't hurt yourself unnecessarily and that you can start taking those shards of glass out and allowing your alchemy to be truthful and whole. You deserve that. You deserve to be whole and only you can plug that love tank and fill it up. Hmm. Yep. I don't know if that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> One day you can plug. You know, it's like you're going to take a bath. <laughs> Please put the plug in. <laughs> you're going to take that bath. If you don't put the plug in, there's no water for you to take that bath in. But you have to put, you have to plug that hole. So you could unplug that love tank. There will be nothing in the tank for you. You can't. Keep giving away and leaving your tank empty. You've got to fill your tank. I want to thank you so much, Christine. You know, Christina, I want to thank you for, I know we didn't meet by chance. I know everything has a reason, a season, and a purpose. And I'm really thankful for our connection. I'm really thankful that we are sisters, even though you don't have the same mother, but we are sisters in Christ. Because we have the same daddy. Yes, we do. <laughs> the, the same heavenly father. And it, it, it's such a joy to have met you last week and, you know, to, to create that connection. And I want to say thank you for being here with us. Uh, I want to uh, say Thank you to the audience who are out there and you are listening. Uh, I mean, the, you know, Esther said, I'm really thankful for this session. God bless. Um, Sister Lenny said, our personal journey makes us originals. Um, and Sister Lenny also said, our personal, um, yeah. <laughs> and the love tag just keeps leaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thank you everyone thank you for being here we are so uh, blessed that you were blessed by this and uh, sister Esther says I shall listen again so we will keep you informed as to when we are doing a better section but always tune in to the Unstoppable Life we are also on Spotify as well so you can catch us on Spotify <laughs> yes, you know, so we are really thankful for you being here. And uh, we just want to, you know, I just feel, you know, I felt in my spirit today that we needed to pray. So I just want to, I would just want to ask you to end this in prayer. Oh, absolutely. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everything that you have given us in our lives. Yes. I pray, Father, 
that your face will shine into these women's lives that have listened to our recording today, our session today, and the recording that might follow. I pray, Lord, that you will give courage and knowledge and wisdom and grace. Father, you are the giver of life, and I thank you for the life you've given me and you've given Verna. I thank you, Father, that through our journey, we were never alone. You were right there beside us. Amen. Yes. I thank you for giving wisdom, Father, in this healing journey so that others might find their way. Lord, we call to be better together, Father. That's how you've created us, not to be alone. Father, I pray that this work will be blessed, Lord Jesus. I pray that everybody that's listening today will be blessed, Jesus. And Father, the seeds of love and of this conversation today, Lord, may it be sown deeply into their hearts, Father, and may it germinate, Lord Jesus, to be a further blessing so that they can be a blessing in their world. I pray, Lord, that you will bless Mona and her ministry, The Unstoppable Life. I pray, Lord, that your blessing will flow over Ignite Purpose in Australia, Father, so that together, Lord Jesus, all of us that are called to make a difference, Lord, we will keep moving, Father. We'll keep moving in the right direction. I pray your grace follow us today, Lord Jesus. I'm so grateful, Lord. Jesus' name, pray. I have followed instruction. <laughs> when I heard it today, I, you know, when I was praying with my friend and her, you know, when he said, you know, get online on prayer, and I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I have followed instruction and we have done it. So I just want to say thank you and thank you, everyone. You know, um, leave your comments. Um, just leave your comments and we embrace everything. Any questions you have, you can leave your questions as well. And Christine and I can come on another time and we can answer questions. So we can have a question and answer time. So if you want to do that, feel free to do that. So we want to thank you and we want to bless you. We want to bless you for being here with us. We want to bless you that you have gotten so much out of this that you can continue to grow and you can continue to talk about it with others. So we just want to thank God for you and to pray his anointing upon your life so that you can be a blessing. I know many of you who are watching have been a blessing to me and I just want to bless you back for being there. To God be the glory. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Take care.